Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The volume. Hoops Tonight is presented by FanDuel. The NBA is back, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. This is my favorite sports betting app that is out there. It is safe and easy to use, easy to get your money in and out. I love that cash-out feature, so if you're in good shape with one of your bets and you don't want to risk garbage time, you can get your money out quickly. Use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this NBA season. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Saturday, everybody. Although, technically, I am recording this 
on Friday night. Had to work. My wife was out having sushi and hanging out, and I was working. But if you have to work, you'd like to work watching incredibly entertaining basketball games like we had across the board tonight. The Lakers shockingly blow out the Nuggets with Anthony Davis missing the second half. We're going to be breaking down that game. Kyrie Irving hits the first buzzer beater of his career in an incredibly entertaining matchup between the Raptors and the Nets. We're going to get into that game. And then the Orlando Magic have won five games in a row, all against teams that we consider to be higher-level playoff threats. And then they top it off with a road win over the Boston Celtics looking like a really interesting young basketball team. So we're going to talk about them as well towards the end. You guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And then last but not least, if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these shows and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. All right, let's talk some basketball. So I swear the Lakers are only capable of playing weird basketball games. It was a really uneven first half. Like Anthony Davis picks up his second foul on a questionable post-up call against Nikola Jokic and then just stops playing defense at all whatsoever. LeBron was playing with really low energy for the most part, with exception of a little burst there where he got going in transition. And then I thought Russ played his worst half of the season in the first half. He had four turnovers. He was taking all sorts of bad shots. He was kind of riding like a five-game streak before this, too, where he was playing really poorly um, to the point where I was completely out on him and I thought he needed to go. Um, so it was kind of a really weird first half. Lakers weren't playing any tra- uh, transition defense. Anthony Davis tweaks his foot or his ankle. We're not actually sure. We'll find out more tomorrow. Uh, But fortunately for the Lakers, the Denver Nuggets are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And so after all of that, it was 65-64 with the Nuggets in front. But then we find out that Anthony Davis is going to take the rest of the game off. And I was almost certain that LeBron James and Russell Westbrook were just going to mail in the rest of the game there. It's just specifically the matchup with Anthony Davis out against Nikola Jokic. You're concerned about that. Um, Both of them had had pretty rough first halves in the aggregate when you factor in the way they were impacting the game on the defensive end, taking care of the basketball and all those different things. It just felt like a game that they were going to mail in. But when you sub Anthony Davis out of the game, you've got to bring another center off the bench. And when Gabriel is still hurt and Damian Jones had a rough season. So it ended up being Thomas Bryant. And Thomas Bryant came into the game in that second half and – Felt like it was trying. He felt like he was trying to send a message, you know. And you got to remember, he's a veteran minimum contract who is pretty young. Um, and because of that partial ACL tear in Washington, like his stock had dropped quite a bit. He ended up in the with the Los Angeles Lakers. His career is kind of hanging in the balance a little bit. It's very much a contract year in a big way for him as a young player. He's trying to prove his spot in the league. And he has an opportunity against Nikola Jokic on national television to prove that. And he came out and played his damn ass off was just playing so incredibly hard on both ends of the floor. And you know, it's funny because I thought it was infectious and I thought it really got LeBron James and Russell Westbrook to believe and to play hard. Because here's the thing, you can't mail it in when your big man is working his ass off. It's like there's too many people watching on national TV, the people in the arena. Fans are kind of like truth serum for, for any basketball team, for any professional sports team. Fans are a lot smarter than professional teams think. When you hear coaches talk and hear players talk, sometimes they denigrate fans and pretend like they don't know what they're seeing. And look, not everybody is is as you know in the loop as to the X's and O's of what's happening on the court, but they can see when someone's playing hard and when someone is not. 
And you can't sit there and be the guy who's mailing it in while the big man is working his ass off. And LeBron and Russ got swept up in it, and they started doing what they do best, which is create quality shots for three-point shooters, for big guys in the dunker spot, and for both running the floor in transition. You know, and you saw there towards the end of the third quarter and early fourth when the Lakers really went on their run, the, you started to see guys knock down shots. You saw Dennis Schroeder hit some corner threes. You saw Patrick Beverly hit a corner three. You saw uh, Max Christie come in and hit a couple of threes. You saw Austin Reeves hit a three. Like, when, when you have competent three-point shooting on the floor, it makes shot creators like LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, it sends their value through the roof. Which is precisely why Lakers fans have been so irritated with the team-building process over the last few years. You've got two, in LeBron and Russell Westbrook, of the best players of all time at generating wide-open three-point shots. And you had the worst roster in the entire league at guys who could convert those three-point shots. And they still are. And that shooting performance in the second half is not something they can reliably count on. But this is why Lakers fans have been preaching that they need to go out and bring in professional shooters. Because what LeBron James and Russell Westbrook do best is feed professional shooters. And you saw that in that late third, fourth quarter. What happens when you add competent three-point shooting to what those two, do, what those two shot creators do? And the Lakers rode that wave to an 18-point win, uh, win and a really nice palate cleanser for after their embarrassing loss to Boston. Again, I want to shout out LeBron and Russ. So LeBron finished with 30 and 13. Excuse me, finished with 30 on 13 for 20 shooting. He's sneaky been really good for about a month and a half now. So in his last 13 games since November 6th, LeBron is now averaging 28.3 points per game on 51.4% shooting. That's superstar level production. Like top 10 player in the world level production. Maybe even top five. If you guys remember during his slump, everyone was writing the obituary on him. And what I said was, I had seen him in training camp, and I had seen him in the early part of the season look great physically. My only concern was could he stay healthy long enough to get into a rhythm? Because when you add LeBron's basketball IQ to LeBron's skill set, he's automatically going to succeed as long as his body is able to move at a certain level. It's got to hit a certain level. But then he got sick, and he was dealing with the foot thing, and as a result, he wasn't getting as much separation. He wasn't getting uh, as much downhill pressure. So guys were pushing up on his jump shot a little bit. Then his jump shot started like was just atrocious to start the year. And I told you guys, if he could just get 10, 15 games in a row where he gets his rhythm, I saw him move well enough early in the year that I expected him to turn his season around. And that's exactly what's happened. 28.3 points per game on 51% shooting, over 51% shooting in a 13-game span. That's superstar-level production. That's still in there for LeBron. He just had a banged-up start to the year. Part of that's him being old, and that might be the thing that eventually knocks him back off of this level of play at some point during the season. But if he stays healthy and he's going to be this good, and if AD stays healthy and he's going to be as good as he's been, you absolutely have to invest in this team because those two together – are too damn good. Looking at Russell Westbrook, you know, the again, like he, I thought he played the best three game stretch of his career, uh, not his career, but of his Lakers career uh, a few weeks ago. That game against the Blazers where he was like four for 14, but he did an amazing job creating shots and playing defense and competing on the glass. And then he had the amazing game against the Milwaukee Bucks where he made the huge play at the end of the game, diving on the floor for the loose ball. Then he had another really nice game in Washington on Sunday. 
Then since then, he had played five games and had been horrifically bad. He was minus 51 in his minutes, and the Lakers were like plus 16 when he was off the floor. It was going right back to everything that had screwed him up in the previous year, right? Like poor shot selection, turning the basketball over, making sloppy decisions on the defensive end of the floor, uh, or just straight up going space case on total possessions. It was really bad. But in and then then we got into the first half of this game and it was more of the same. Four turnovers in the first half. Took an early clock pull up three. Took another early clock bank shot, which he actually made. He was sloppy around the rim. It just was a really really ugly half. It looked like things were trending in a really bad direction for Russ. But in that second half, he did his job. He pushed the pace in transition. Zero turnovers after four turnovers in the first half. He was selective about when he shot the basketball. He created open shots for his teammates. They converted him and everything took off from there. And then one of the biggest things, you know, I talk about Russ, it's, I've never just said, you know, Russ is terrible at everything. It's always just been the balance of his good impact versus his bad impact. And one of the things that he's been good at most of the year is his size and athleticism is a big factor on physical confrontations on the defensive end of the floor. That's, you know, isolation defense in certain situations when he comes over and help or double teams and most importantly, contested rebound situations. The Lakers have to, because of their lack of perimeter size, compete on the defensive glass harder than just about any team in the league to make up for their lack of size. And Russ has just done an amazing job this entire season of securing defensive rebounds to push the pace in transition. He was amazing on the glass again tonight. If I could bottle up that second half, and by the way, it wasn't like, I mean, he had a triple-double, but it wasn't like he was putting up massive numbers it just the just the the tame decision making and doing his job. If I could bottle that up and get it every night, I would never want to trade Russell Westbrook because that's a winning basketball player. But it's just too inconsistent, and the bad has outweighed the good this year, which is precisely why on the scoreboard they've been so much better when he's off the floor in the aggregate this season. But again, kudos to Russ for a great second half, and I hope sincerely because I love I love watching him when he's playing like that. I hope sincerely that he's able to keep that up. Quickly on the Nuggets, uh, Nikola Jokic completely fell apart after that. He had an and one against Thomas Bryant where he was posting up at like kind of the just above the free throw line, spun back, uh, a did a drop step into Thomas Bryant's chest, got a call for a foul, which I didn't think it was even a good call, but he went to like a, a fadeaway off of that and he knocked it down. And from there, he just completely fell apart. <laughs> like it was one of the worst quarter and a half of basketball I've seen him play. Him and Jamal Murray were way too careless with the basketball tonight. They combined for 10 turnovers, which just led to that Lakers transition avalanche. More importantly, the entire Denver Nuggets roster, once again, just put in an embarrassing defensive effort. They simply cannot compete for an NBA championship if they're going to be a bottom five defense. And right now, I'm pretty sure they're a bottom two defense or bottom three defense. It's just not possible. Throughout NBA history, we've just never seen anything like it. They have the personnel to be much better than they are. They just have to be committed to the work, and sim they just simply aren't because they've been sitting you know, well above 500 just by outscoring teams, but when you actually look at it closely, they're bad against good teams and they're good against bad teams, which is precisely the kind of thing that will get you beat in the postseason. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories 
from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right, moving on to Nets Raptors. So, super entertaining game. Kyrie Irving just tossed Fred Van Van Vliet aside with that pullback dribble for a game winner. This is his first buzzer beater of his career. All the highlight is going to be surrounding that Kyrie game winner as it should. It was nasty. It was ridiculous. It was entertaining. It was everything. But I thought Kyrie was magnificent that entire fourth quarter. And I wanted to take some time to highlight just how effective he was, particularly in all of the pivotal possessions at the end of the game. So first of all, he had seven made field goals in the fourth quarter, every variety. He had some pull-up twos against Fred Van Vliet. He had a step-back jumper with his foot on the line against Scotty Barnes. They ran an uh, after-timeout play where he back-cut from the elbow and caught the ball and just elevated in the air, took the contact, and hung and then finished with his right hand. You know, Kyrie Irving is an incredible athlete. That's something that commonly gets, you know, kind of looked over with him because he doesn't dunk the basketball often. But that's where the hang time comes from. He's an incredible athlete. You guys can find this on YouTube, but there's a pre-draft video of Kyrie Irving doing a workout before the draft, and he's running from the three-point line on the baseline to the three-point line on the other base or the other three-point line along the same baseline and he's got a guy just passing him the basketball and he's just elevating and dunking with his left hand and then elevating and dunking with his right hand, left hand, right hand, just 10 times in a row. And he's getting way above the rim. It's a great example of how like NBA athleticism is so much greater than people even realize. You know, I've, I, I'm 6'6 six, six with 6'10 wingspan. And I can dunk the basketball really, really well. And I, I have people come up to me in gyms and be like, oh, why didn't you try to play? They don't understand that I am a good athlete and NBA athletes are way, way, way more athletic than me. Like, there's, there's just an entire other level to this. And Kyrie Irving's a great example of that. Doesn't ever dunk the basketball. Doesn't ever do your crazy athleticism type things that we grow accustomed to seeing. But if you put him in a gym by himself, he's putting his elbow above the rim. So that's why you got to remember that the, the level of athleticism we're dealing with at the NBA level is just insane. But then in crunch time, every single big play, 
on the offensive end of the floor. So the Raptors get it back to 109-108, and he isos Malachi Flynn from the, from the top of the key, just kind of gets him on his right hip, takes a hard dribble to get to the free throw line, elevates, and knocks the shot down. Now they're back up three. Then the Raptors go on a four-point run to take the lead 112 to 111. Kyrie gets the inbounds pass, catches the Raptors sleeping in transition, gets Fred Van Vliet stuck on his left shoulder, works all the way down the lane, and hits another acrobatic hang time finish with his right hand. Then the Raptors go down and take the lead again. KD gets doubled. It's 114-113. They run like a, you know, a, that classic 1-3 pick and roll with Kyrie and KD. KD gets doubled. KD throws an awful pass to Kyrie uh, in the short roll that's contested. Uh, Malachi Flynn and Fred Van Vliet are like sandwiching him. Somehow he rises up and, and, and just gets the rebound in, or gets the pass in, uh, in that traffic orients himself, beats Fred Van Vliet to the middle of the floor, draws the help from Scotty Barnes, and kicks out to uh, Yuta Watanabe in the left corner, knocks down the three. Just, a, just an incredible basketball play that just goes down as an assist in the box score, but really was impactful to the end of that game. Then the Raptors tie it on two free throws from Scotty Barnes, gets Fred Vliet in isolation after they take a foul uh, with like three and a half seconds left, and just takes two hard dribbles to his right, snatch back, Fred Van Vliet shuffles one step too far, and he sticks a three. You know, Kyrie's been a whirlwind of drama ever since he came to Brooklyn. He's been a, he was a whirlwind of drama in Boston, and he was kind of dramatic there that last year in Cleveland. But teams keep having him in their rotation to, you know, obviously teams are leaning on him as secondary shot creators. That's why. Because when, when it comes down to it, when Kyrie, when Kyrie Irving is healthy and engaged, when it comes to Set situations against elite defenses. He's still one of the 10 best guys in the entire league at creating shots. That's what he does better than just about everybody else in the entire world. And as long as he can do that, there will always be NBA teams that think the Kyrie Irving experience is worth it. Kevin Durant was also incredible. The Raptors were uh, doubling him basically the entire game. He had 28 points on just 15 shots. And I don't even know how he does that because, like, rhythm is such a delicate thing in basketball. You see a guy get in foul trouble. Rhythm just goes to hell. You know, a guy doesn't get the normal touches he usually gets. His rhythm goes to hell, and he can't make shots anymore. For him to take 15 shots in a game where he had all those touches, where he's navigating those double teams, and to make 10 of them, resulting in 28 points, it's alien behavior. I don't understand it. I really just don't know how he does it. The, the, it, it. His ability to put the ball in the basket efficiently is unparalleled in NBA history. You know, There are guys that will have higher true shooting percentages, like a guy like Steph Curry, but it's because he's taken a ton of threes. When it comes to just straight up on a shot-by-shot basis, the ability to put the ball in the basket with difficult shot making, I don't, I don't know that anybody's ever been better than KD. Fred Van Vliet played a second great game in a row, 39. Um, the Raptors really controlled the first half of that game. Uh, so it's kind of encouraging to see Fred, uh, Fred starting to play pretty well because he had been having a like a meh season up to that point. Um, the Raptors took a big lead in that first half, but then in that third quarter, the Nets just locked in on the defensive end of the floor, held him to 22 points. Kyrie and KD did their thing on the other end, and they kind of took, uh, took control of the game from there. You know, when you – Look at the Nets roster, and you see Ben Simmons, and you see Nick Claxton, and you see Kevin Durant, you see Royce O'Neal, and you see all those guys. They actually have a lot of defensive talent, which is kind of you know why what made the Steve Nash thing so lame. Like the Nets players were literally just not playing hard for him because they wanted to get their coach fired. Which, by the way, was why I condoned the firing. Sometimes co- uh, players tune out their coaches, and you just need to have a change of a voice. 
One last thing with the Raptors that I wanted to hit before we uh, move on. Scotty Barnes was just ridiculous in that fourth quarter. <laughs> he was attacking the rim relentlessly. Went at KD twice, including dunking on him, and then just went right up into his face and started talking shit. Then they switched Ben Simmons on him. Ben Simmons pressuring him out to half court. Just He's really good at protecting the basketball with his back turned, which is like imperative for bigger players because shorter players – they're so low to the ground, they can protect the basketball with their handle, right? But taller players, the ball has to travel further to the ground, so you have to learn to protect the ball with your body. And Scotty Barnes does an incredible job of that. Ben Simmons is pressuring him, trying to reach. He leans a little bit too far to the right. Scotty spins back the other way, goes all the way to the rim, and gets an and one. They had another huge clutch basket in isolation against Yuta Watanabe, where Yuta played great defense, contained him all the way to the rim, and he just hung over the top of him and knocked down a bank shot. Then he drives to the basket, gets fouled, and makes two clutch free throws to tie the game with eight seconds left. He's one of the most exciting young players in the league. And I, I just love the confidence to, to step to one of the best players in NBA history and then to back it up in a big setting like that against a really good team. I, I mean, obviously the Raptors have had a really disappointing season. There's some encouragement to take from tonight with Fred VanVleet getting better and, uh, and Scotty Barnes obviously having that moment. Um, but, you know, even if this season doesn't work out, the way you hope it does. Scotty Barnes is one hell of a prospect to have in the chamber. It was a fun game between two teams. Made working on Friday night fun. I would argue it was better than the sushi my wife had, but uh, that's up for her to decide, I suppose. All right, Magic Celtics. So the Orlando Magic have won five games in a row, and all against good teams. They beat the Clippers, they beat the Raptors twice, they beat the Hawks, and now they have their signature win on the road in Boston against the Celtics. You know, this team, and I'm, I'm only going to talk about them for a couple minutes tonight because, so I did a huge deep dive on the Memphis Grizzlies that you can find on our YouTube channel right now. Uh, did about 25 minutes really diving into that team. I plan on doing something similar with the Orlando Magic at some point over the course of the next couple of weeks where I'll dive deeper into them, but I want to just briefly touch on them right now. The, the story of this team being good is about perimeter size. You know, I've talked a lot about how in the modern NBA, as bigger players have become proficient as ball handlers and shooters, perimeter size is more important than ever. Because if you have big guys that can do that stuff and the other guy has short guys that do that stuff, they're just going to be shooting over the top of them all game long. This is just part of the way the game of basketball has changed over the last few decades as big guys are practicing ball handling and shooting a lot more as they're growing up. Between the Wagner brothers and Paolo Boncaro, they've got three. Well, Bol Bol, too. Bol Bol is another guy that's like this, but the thing with Bol Bol, and I, I've, I've been a little pessimistic about him, and I know that's kind of raining on the parade, but he, uh, uh, some of it is kind of like fast and loose open court basketball where he can succeed, but then when he plays against a really good defense that attacks his handle, Boston really attacked his handle tonight and kind of exposed him as someone that can't put the ball on the floor in traffic. Uh, but between the Wagner brothers and Paolo Boncaro, they just have huge players that are all 6'10 and bigger that can all dribble and shoot. And as a result, they're like they're bigger than even the prototypical NBA wing. Like they're bigger than Tatum and Brown. And so as a result, you know, when those guys have it going the way they did tonight, they can bully a good NBA team. And they bullied Boston tonight specifically on the glass. They attacked the basket relentlessly, got to the free throw line a bunch. And then the last guy I wanted to shout out was Franz Wagner. So, you know. He spammed pick and roll most of the night tonight and did a really nice job making reads. I talked about this when we talked about the Magic a few weeks ago, but Franz Wagner, he's a 21-year-old 6'10 wing who's run over 300 pick and rolls this year and is scoring 0.98 points per possession in pick and roll, which is really good. So think about how insane that is. A 21-year-old 6'10 wing 
who is a high-volume pick-and-roll player who's scoring at an above-average or generating points on an above-average rate, including passes and pick-and-roll. That's really exciting because I've got Paolo Moncaro, who's the walking mismatch that can bully just about any player in the league, and Franz Wagner, the shot creator. That's a natural, you know, complementary set of skill sets. Franz Wagner, you know, we always think of uh, um, Mo Wagner as like a shooter, right? But he did it all power play today, just bullying his way to the basket, getting offensive rebounds, finishing in the short roll, and attacking in transition, making defensive plays as well. And then again, if Bull Bull even amounts to anything, and if they can get Jonathan Isaac back, there are versions of the – because, like, you know, they played a lot of uh, Mo Bamba tonight. Mo Bamba was really, really good as well. But there's a version of this where you put in, a front, uh, like, a Jonathan Isaac as well, and you can go, like, real small ball, five out, switch everything, ridiculous, like a much more skilled version of what the Toronto Raptors have. They're a very exciting team. And, again, they were the worst team in the league there for a while. I think they were 5-20 and 20 at one point. Now they're ten and twenty. They beat five good teams in a row. Obviously, I, 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 young teams just struggle to replicate success, so I don't expect them to make a playoff run or anything this year. But what they're showing you is what this could look like in a couple years when it all comes together. And again, we will do a deeper dive on the Magic later on. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. As always, I sincerely appreciate your support. I'm going to take the next couple of days off, but we will be back on Monday with the show. As always, I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you next time. volume let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit you can do that at errands rent to own appliances furniture and tech from top brands like hp samsung and ashley but say you don't need it anymore no problem at errands you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new life's always changing with errands your stuff can change right along with it keep it return it upgrade it Errands fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your 5-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.